in Alabama Ag and Review for the week ending August 2nd. Since this is hurricane season, storm tracking can be a very dangerous and expensive science. But there could come a day when relatively inexpensive unmanned vehicles will swarm over, under, and through hurricanes to help predict the strength and path of the storms. Sabrina Hill has the story. Storm tracking can be a very dangerous and expensive science. But there could come a day when relatively inexpensive unmanned vehicles will swarm over, under, and through hurricanes to help predict the strength and path of the storms. The tiny autonomous craft, some fly, others dart under the waves, can spy on hurricanes at close range, while sensors on board collect and send in real time the data scientists need to predict the intensity and trajectory of storms, pressure, temperature, humidity, location, and time. The project being developed at the University of Florida features miniature flying machines, just six inches long and about the weight of an iPod Nano, which can be launched with commands from a laptop hundreds of miles from the eye of a hurricane with mathematical models to predict regions in the atmosphere and ocean that can give the vehicles a free ride toward their destination. Once in the vicinity, they can be powered off to wait for a particular current of wind or water. When they detect the current they need for navigation, they power back on, slip into the current, then power off again to conserve fuel as the current carries them to a target location. The devices are a departure from the current technology, which uses hurricane recognizance aircraft to punch through the storm's eyewall and release sensors that freefall and might or might not collect helpful data. Underwater data is even more difficult to collect today, although just as important considering that the warm, moist air on the ocean's surface provides fuel for hurricanes. In our weekly Getting to Know Your Beef Checkoff, brought to you by Your Beef Checkoff, we hear from Jordan Harrison of Uvalda, Georgia. He is this year's Senior Beef Ambassador in Georgia and wants cattle producers to know their checkoff investment into the Beef Ambassador Program is a great way to reach consumers. Here is Randall Wiseman. In this week's Getting to Know Your Beef Checkoff, brought to you by Your Beef Checkoff, we have Jordan Harrison from Uvalda, Georgia, who is this year's Senior Beef Ambassador in Georgia. He promotes beef to consumers on a regular basis and sees the importance of the checkoff. Cattlemen have learned to be proactive in their efforts. Um, you know, whether it be on the farm or actually when it comes to teaching others, you know, how we need to represent their industry. They have started the Beef Ambassador Program, and um, they're preparing today's youth to go out and represent the beef industry. There are many ways the Beef Checkoff works, but when it comes to his role as a Beef Ambassador, Harrison told me he likes to use his personal experiences when talking with consumers. I like to relate to the consumer and uh, bring it down to a personal level, tell them about my farm and my personal experience with cattle. We've got a lot of people under the stereotypes that there's, you know, just huge commercial operations, and that's really not the case. And thus, Harrison wants cattle producers to know their checkoff investment into the Beef Ambassador Program is a great way to reach consumers. The Beef Ambassador Program has not only taught me a lot, but I'm sure there's a few consumers out there who have learned a lot from me while I've been involved in this program. And talking with consumers about beef is something he enjoys doing. Get to know your beef checkoff at mybeefcheckoff.com, funded by the Beef Checkoff. Staying with Randall, the new chief of USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service is Jason Weller. And as talks continue in Washington, D.C. about a new farm bill, he emphasizes the importance of conservation programs for farmers across the country. Since this past December, Jason Weller has served as acting chief of USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service, but he has just recently been named chief of the agency. And one thing he knows, conservation programs are an important part of the farm bill. Conservation, it's more than just something that's nice to have. It's really becoming almost part of the business operating plan for a lot of farmers and ranchers. 
and the best conservation is actually practices that help producers be economically successful. So for us at NRCS, sustainable agriculture really is about ensuring the wise use of the resources, but then also making sure they're successful business operators and that the best use of the land is actually in agricultural production. And so, yes, conservation can help them better manage the soil resources, better manage their nutrient inputs, be you know, more efficient with the nutrient application, um, be more energy efficient, be more water efficient. So at the end of the day, it's saving wear and tear on the farmer, wear and tear on his or her equipment, saving the money, putting more money in, the, in their pocket, in many cases helping them be more productive, but also then providing a broader array of benefits for people who live down the stream, in the air shed, in their community. Learn what programs may benefit your operation at your local NRCS office. Dr. Billy Powell with the Alabama Cattlemen's Association wants producers across the state to know they will be well represented August 7th through 10th at the Cattle Industry Summer Conference in Denver. The Cattle Industry Summer Conference will take place August 7th through 10th in Denver as Dr. Billy Powell with the Alabama Cattlemen's Association says they will have a good group there to take part in the various meetings. A lot of things obviously going on nationally, all of the the Washington effort on the, the farm bill and we thought we had it passed, and then it was voted down in the House, and now they've split it from the food stamp program, so I'm sure it'll be a lot of policy talk as, as well. The national checkoff, as cattle numbers continue to slide with the drought that hit Texas and moved on up, it's going to have to be some tough decisions made by producers and the various committees because they're projecting about a $4 million drop in collections, which is what roughly 10% of the budget, and so the committee meetings will be uh, hot and heavy and long as they usually are. So Alabama cattle producers will be represented at the Cattle Industry Summer Conference August 7th through 10th in Denver, Colorado. There's often a decisive line between gardeners, those who like to grow things to eat and those who prefer the beauty of flowers. But that line doesn't have to be there at all since flowers can be more than decoration. While there's often a decisive line between gardeners, those who like to grow things to eat, and those who prefer the beauty of flowers. But that line doesn't have to be there at all, since flowers can be more than decorations. Just a few of the options that provide for both beauty and flavor include daylilies, begonias, marigolds, chrysanthemums, honeysuckle, lilacs, geraniums, pansies, and violets. And of course, all the flowers of herbs can be consumed. And in addition, think of all the flowers that bloom in your traditional fruits and vegetables, such as broccoli, radishes, strawberries, and squash blossoms, as they can all be snipped and used in salads or stir-fries. And of course, the king of all flowers, roses, also edible with their petals being used for centuries in infusions or oils. But obviously, not all flowers can be consumed. So if you're not certain about a plant, be sure to contact your local master gardener. And also be mindful not to consume any plants that have been sprayed with fertilizers or pesticides. Great care is given to bring the consumer fresh and clean farm products. We close out this week with Everett Griner telling us just what some of these steps are. Most vegetable farms are putting in huge wash tanks to make sure the foods that you get fresh from the farm are also clean and healthy. Our Department of Agriculture continually looks for ways to keep our food clean. I watch about 500 wagon loads of cantaloupes a week go by my house on the way to the packing shed, all washed to remove any field impurities. Up until this year, they went directly from the field of your kitchen. When that case of food contamination occurred in Indiana last year, FDA stepped right in. They always do. But most of the cantaloupe growers I know didn't wait. They took it upon themselves to install these wash tanks, and they don't come cheap now. I haven't checked, but I know some of them are using them for other crops, cucumbers, tomatoes, bell peppers. 
I don't know about you, but this makes me feel a whole lot better. Remember, you can find these stories along with all the big Southeast Agriculture reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Daniel Lake with Southeast Agnet's podcast.